0: Welcome to Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. Dodson, Dodson, we've got Dodson here.
1: All right, everyone. Welcome to the Seatstruck Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Quinn, today with uh, my co-host, Curtis. Hello. And we also have a friend of Curtis's on today. He's a special guest. This is Grant. Hi. uh,
2: Thanks for having me along on this uh, discussion of uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So this week, we've decided to go with a classic, Steven Spielberg classic, Jurassic Park from 1993.
0: Um, The OG Jurassic Park, too. The OG, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. The OG classic Jurassic Park, absolute game changer of a film. And yeah, Curtis, do you want to start us off with a little bit of an introduction to the film?
0: Yeah, so I, obviously, I don't think this film needs too much of an introduction, but it was super popular in its day too. 63 million at the box office too. it's based on the book by Michael Crane, which we'll be talking about too. But that adapted for his book, he got $1.5 million at the time for the book rights. And then they gave him an additional 500,000 to co-write this the screenplay too. So if you take into inflation too, that's a hell of a lot of money at the time um so yeah hugely popular too you know i have memories too with the jurassic park mania having the jurassic park lunch bag actually my mom was uh she watched the movie when it first came out and she was she, the, the velociraptor scene gave her nightmares so i wasn't allowed to watch it when i first came out and i wish i had but uh, i had like a dra- t-rex replica skull and everything too so a hugely huge implant pack today too obviously hugely influential today a whole bunch of sequels too and also kind of a good kind of critique of scientism of the time too but obviously we all have kind of our own memories with it my favorite jurassic park memory was seeing it the Mayfair Theater in Iowa was actually Grant. Uh, we watched, uh, it was a Spielberg double bill. So we watched Jaws and uh, Jurassic Park. There's a lot of kind of uh, links between the two films too, which we'll talk about too. What about you, Grant? Did you have a favorite Jurassic Park memory? Or The problem with
2: this film is it's probably the one that I've gone back to the most. But uh, I, I certainly remember actually over the holidays, uh, re-watching a couple of home movies uh, with my family, unwrapping the VHS Christmas 1994 and just oh, uh, no. just okay. jumping up and down with Glee. So. <laughs> (laughs)
0: I I was at value village the other day and I was so tempted to buy the VHS. My dad's like, Oh, we don't want any more VHS. And I was like, I really want that Jurassic park VHS. And (laughs) Oh, well, what about you, Quinn? Did you have a favorite uh, Jurassic park memory when you were growing up?
1: Oh yeah. No, I I remember watching it at a friend's house. I have the VHS somewhere to this day, but I'll find it at some point. But uh, no, I just remember seeing it and just being blown away by um, just like how it was made and watching it recently again. And it it still holds up. It's so visually stunning and it, It looks like it could come out today. Like, it's yeah. just such a mind-blowing piece of cinema. It's just crazy. It's, it's, and, one of those, uh, it's
0: one of those films you see on the big screen. And it's like, this is how, this is what the cinematic experience should be, you know, because it's so much Right. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's it. And I,
1: I just remember, I do remember, like you said, the uh, Jurassic Park lunch bag. I do remember all like the merch that you could get, like the t-shirts and stuff like that in the 90s. And just that logo is just so, mm. it's so iconic. And it's so like easily, you can pick it out of a crowd, you know? It's that super, yeah, super, just, super yeah.
0: touch. <laughs> yeah, all different. Definitely had the Spielberg touch. That's for sure. I think it kind of touched everyone's lives too, and you know we still see the impact today too. I mean, if we look today, we have like a million sequels. We have the Jurassic World films, the new one coming out this summer, um, and then we also have uh, on Netflix the uh, I don't know if it's any good, the Camp Cretaceous, which is a children's Netflix series. Um, I just played the uh, the Telltale Jurassic Park game. It's actually unlicensed, so I had to go buy the Steam key. It's actually terrible. i, I It's really not a good game. I like a lot of the Telltale games, but it's not not very good. Um, <laughs> so that's one too one to avoid maybe but
1: oh yeah no i i remember playing the jurassic park game on super nintendo as a kid
0: oh yeah i heard that one's much better <laughs> speaking, yeah yeah i was gonna speaking of bad jurassic park games yeah that was definitely one of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's probably a few so as i mentioned this is based on the book by uh, michael crichton uh book rights were sold uh even before it was published and co-op edited the final draft and wrote much wrote out much of the violin exposition to grant you and i were discussing beforehand too you can feel that kind of co-op uh sheen when you when you see the movie. Too. Too, you know just how he kind of uh, changed the script quite a bit so obviously uh, Spielberg was really uh, inspired by a lot of the old monster movies too Godzilla King the monsters was a big inspiration too so that's the original Godzilla not one of the cheesy 81 80s ones and I think one of the reasons it holds up so well is those kind of uh, he decided to create the animatronic dinosaurs for the film to make them more realistic so we don't have those kind of CGI in Jurassic world or whatever too and he actually had a paleontologist Jack Horner supervising them to make them accurate Jack Horner is kind of known for being kind of controversial as a paleontologist too he thinks <laughs> dinosaurs are turned into chickens, uh, which is kind of controversial. But I mean, he was the one who kind of proposed that also that they turn into birds and stuff too. But yeah, what do you think of the animatronics Grant? Do you think they kind of hold up pretty well? Or uh, Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I think Spielberg very was very smart in terms of his shot composition in a lot of this uh, mm. to really highlight, you know, the the animatronics whenever you get like a really tight shot, like it, they look great. There was so much craftsmanship put into them. Uh, and then even when like having, having that like on set element, I'm sure helped the CGT in the in the like the few shots that they actually had to show like a full body t-rex or mm. full body velociraptor yeah i I the effects work I think is still stunning even if the kind of the shaders and some of the some of the ways the compositing doesn't really hold up now the focus on animation the the detail work that uh, they put into just the way these creatures move uh I think will, will kind of make this thing timeless like I yeah I, I think it'll it, you know we look back at stuff like Harryhausen and, and you know like y- you can see the Seems, yeah. but the beauty of the way that things move and interact uh, with the environment, I think, will will never leave this film. Like it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be evergreen, and and that's in an era of disposable blockbusters that I think uh, heavily rely on CG. It's neat to see something that really took a mixed media approach to it and yeah. got fantastic results that uh, I think are still you know wonderful and awe inspiring more than twenty years on.
0: <laughs> yeah, because Quinn, I think you and I were saying too, like when we were talking about like horror movies. Too, I love those like ninety. 90- Special effects too, where it's like before CGI, and you get like the full like body casts and stuff, and like the Thomas Savini kind of uh special effects, and it looks really good too, even now too. And I I think like scenes, you know, when they're in that the infamous kitchen scene where the Velociraptors pursue the two kids through the kitchen, I think that holds up really well too. And I mean, there's so much tension in that scene too, and that's the scene that gave my mom nightmares. And I watched yeah. it with my mom. She again, I was like, Mom, I don't want to traumatize you watching this again. But she was cool watching it 30 years later. I think it was <laughs> a little bit better, so that's good. <laughs> Based on the book, which came out in 1990. The book took the concept of an amusement park filled with genetically engineered dinosaurs, and it was meant to illustrate the mathematical concept of chaos theory. So we have in the film, too, it's toned down a little bit, but we have Ian Malcolm, kind of uh, the chaos theory mathematical scientist. He it also ex- explores issues of consumerism, cloning ethics, and the potential of science. I think the book it's my favorite Michael Crichton book, and it's fascinating as a work of science fiction. Um, as Grant and I were saying before, just before the podcast too, we did we did feel that you know the science is really great. It's also uh, you know there's a lot of kind of cardboard characters too, which we kind of we'll talk about two or kind of stock characters and you see that more in the uh the sequel which uh, michael crichton wrote on the lost world the book i love the film but the book was uh, a little bit too cardboard cut out for me um did you read the uh the book at all quinn the jurassic park book no i
1: i ne- I've never read the book but i'd love to read the book it's, it's
0: great yeah i i think yeah. i think it was excellent too because i um well grant you know this too i think um but yeah they change around john hammond quite a bit the book in the book he's like this kind of greedy arrogant you know in the film it's more justified you know dennis Nedry's just an asshole, but in the film you know he he hires him and then has him does all these additional things too so there's a much darker side to john hammond and then spoiler alert at the end he gets uh it's it's i think like grant and i were saying it works better in the film i think because at the, the end of the book um he gets eaten by compsignatuses too so that happens in the lost world film but in the book we have you know the end of the park with um and yeah there's kind of these car- cardboard characters too you know you get the skeptical scientist and we get the kind of naive entrepreneur and etc cetera, etc cetera, you know um what did you think of the difference between john hammond in the book and the film uh, grant
2: Well, I I honestly, I think it's, it it might be my favorite change that they made to the material. Uh, uh, Hammond as a character, I think is, is like so interesting in this film, especially, um, uh, I mean, I don't know how far we want to get into the weeds here, but there's a bit of a a theory that's been floated around that uh, Spielberg was um, uh, this, this choice to kind of change the way that Hammond's character was portrayed into much more of a, you know, like a Walt Disney sort of mix of uh, influences here but kind of a Dreamweaver uh, maverick character uh, was uh, was partially influenced by uh, Spielberg's involvement in the Twilight Zone accident that happened like I think almost a, a decade before where uh, on the set of one of the films that he was producing there was a there was an incident where Vic Moreau and uh, two child actors were like brutally killed in a helicopter crash and I think it's interesting Interesting that Hammond's character is, in many ways, a bit of a Spielberg surrogate. Like he—he he is the one who is creating like the the Spielberg wonder shot, yeah, with his crazy dinosaur uh, tech. And yeah, it's funny that's played by David Attenborough's brother, too. You know, who, like... who's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, who yeah. himself is a director, right? I, I I, mean, again, like this might be just, I, I think sometimes it's like fun to, to, to read into, you know, like a, kind of drawing a direct line through a text to, you know, a choice that a director makes. And again, cinema is collaborative. I mean, I'm not sure how much of a hand he had in the script, but I, I think it's a funner read, like a, a more interesting read of the film to, to kind of see it as not only uh, like a blockbuster cautionary tale about mm. technology or you Rises, know a middle-aged scientism yeah yeah or like a, you know like a middle-aged paleontologist uh confronting his fears of fatherhood like i i kind of like the idea that this is also spielberg working through the personal demons of having these big dreams of kind of like you know making something spectacular and you know an entertainer who's suddenly in the situation of having blood in his hands and i think that that i mean i don't know it's like uh it, it's like if like uh alec baldwin came back in 10 years and <laughs> A film about like friendly fire or something mm. like it, it's just it, it...
0: <laughs> um, yeah no oh, you're absolutely right so. I think too yeah, I think uh, Spielberg really identified with uh, you know he he so much he identified more with the Jurassic Park film version of, of Hammond I think too you know they they both identify with this obsession with with showmanship too what did you yeah. think about uh, I know you haven't read the book yet Quinn but what do you think about John Hammond in the in the film too like he's obviously a lot more sympathetic do you think
1: I mean I think he's a great a- aspect of the film
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you have um, the thing with Jurassic. Park Park as well. It's funny because you have so many characters that are so like. uh I love Samuel Jackson in this.
0: But <laughs> hold uh, on to your butts. <laughs>
1: yeah, hold on to your butts. But um no, I find John Hammond like a great. I think he he has that. It's it's hard to explain, but he he brings that sort of Spielberg magic to the film and to the screen. And I, I just think he's just like this. You know, this this badass old white guy with like his little <laughs> cane, and he's just like yeah. He's no, got like I, the amber I, fix I at the top, he, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but no, especially when he's like freaking out at the end, and like immediately when the movie starts, you you trust his opinion. You know he's very knowledgeable, and you know that you know Laura Dern, Laura Dern, and everyone like they hold him to such a high standard. So I think mm-hmm. the viewer, the viewer ends up holding him to a high, higher standard. If that makes any sense,
0: and that's like every kind of like you know starving researcher's kind of dream. You know, just some like billionaire showing up at the door and it's like oh will pay for three years of funding, it's no problem, and you don't even get like paperwork. It's like oh here yeah, I yeah, opened yeah, the champagne sure. for you already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah yeah it's like yeah exactly and he's like living in this like little trailer too right but, I love that uh, too I,
0: I think yeah I agree I think he's very like approachable too in the film and he's he has that kind of yeah. grandfatherly appeal too you know so even though he's like yeah. this, this you know billionaire you know you do you, I mean there's that you know there's that beautiful scene where you, he's walking around the park and you have the piano for the theme song playing and I that really warms my heart you know when I watch it again yeah, yeah and like Grant Grant like you and I said there's always something to this film like coming back to it again there's always something yeah like, yeah
2: it's it's, it's interesting. interesting It's it's If it's maybe... Like a like a little detail uh, of the of the script that I didn't notice, uh, or I think this film really benefits from uh, Spielberg's uh, deep focus technique. Like, there's always uh, like a little extra quirk of a performance mm. that I didn't catch because there's like
0: a reference to something else, you know? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Even that, but I, I, there are so many shots of this where, where the ensemble is all together in like a, like a single composition, and like they're all having little side conversations or. The scene in the uh, at the raptor pen before they uh, they have the dinner is like it's such a great example of this. Like every character is like having a little tick or um, reaction and. I think that that's kind of the thing it really really rewards uh you know repeat viewing for me and I always always yeah, find a, a new thing to focus in on but uh I think the one thing that really uh struck me uh in this one and maybe I don't know a 2021 brain or 2022 brain now I suppose uh, I, maybe I've been just joker-fied by this year but I <laughs> I really found like Nedry a little bit more uh sympathetic <laughs> uh in this watch and uh it's funny we're, we're talking about kind of the the differences between Hammond in the book and the film but I still think that book Hammond is here and he, it's mm. in
0: every scene that isn't like with finan- the... finan- financial debate
2: <laughs> yeah yeah well that scene specifically I think is really interesting mm. um because this is Mr. Spared No Expense but his and his like his employee who very clearly was very important to the to the to the ongoing operation of this park is like whining yeah. about
0: like yeah hey and you're it, not
2: paying it, me enough
0: yeah it's kind of ambiguous um, in this film too it's like did, did yeah. John Hammond just like you know not not spare all expenses or did he just like or it's just or it's just you know Dennis Nedry yeah. like heavily in debt but like coming out of the, the this well in this pandemic too you know you see like people burning out and the burden of working at home too and you know that's basically what Dennis Nedry doing and I mean yeah there is a degree of sympathy there I think definitely yeah I
2: mean he's a, he's the under paid employee who facilitates the dream (laughs) of a rich venture capitalist who touts
0: yeah no expense in any opportunity kind of represents that kind of capitalistic greed you know like steal all this in a in a shitty like you know yeah yeah (laughs) you know like
2: him and shelling out for like uh you know these like archaeological digs like halfway across the country um (laughs) but like his his own like support staff are like hey you're not Paying me enough, so I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's <laughs> well, it, less unjustified. I mean, like Nedry's introduction is pretty slimy. Like I think, he, <laughs> I don't know, we got like,
0: dodge over here.
2: <laughs> he like immediately like puts barbasol shaving cream on someone's pie, and like yeah, it's like I, I don't know. For, he like for, misgenders for, for, a Dilophosaurus. For, like he's for, not a good dude. Yeah. For,
0: for, <laughs> for the bill the like, so <laughs> Well yeah it's like that ambivalence too about like John Hammond too because i think you know we yeah. get this kind kind grandfather but on the other hand we also get this like well i don't i don't think billionaires should exist personally but uh you know it's this capitalistic venture of, of of you know the park and we get you know a who is much different than the book as well too kind of embodying that kind of capitalistic greed and like again we get the greedy the greedy lawyer kind of cardboard cut out here and the, right the, That <laughs> moment where science, they share yeah. a
2: laugh about day. <laughs> yeah. yeah i just feel like there's 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 Hammond. There's the. There's the Hammond that we get when he's interacting with the group of scientists that he's like collectively decided okay all right, we can pay these guys off to to give the park a a good review and the Hammond that we get behind like back of house and that Hammond I think is I don't know he doesn't seem like the greatest guy to work
0: for you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. well I mean they're uh, always working working on the clock they're working at like three I mean I know it's like the the park is in crisis but it's like poor uh, Dr. Arnold Samuel Jackson's character and poor Muldoon the game warden is always working I mean he's never seen outside of work <laughs> and they like forget they forget about him after he dies doing the film and i'm like Muldoon is like saved everyone's ass you know <laughs> you
2: yeah know? i mean he's i i, I feel like the, the the game warden character i i i think spielberg <laughs> tends to we'll kill, the, we'll kill uh, him off uh, for the for the what's popcorn, his character you know? in the sequel the oh uh, the
0: yeah the uh, pete possible yeah like uh, yeah he's uh, kind of Roland, he's kind Roland, Roland Trumbo. roland's kind of uh, meta too you know because at the end he's just yeah i'm not gonna kill more guys we'll just not, we're not gonna do this anymore <laughs> and that's kind of yeah yeah too, well yeah. he's
2: he's quint right he's mm. he's uh yeah i think that's another thing that, about this that film a, the ahab character yeah. we're going no. back
0: to the well no you're absolutely right too and you know there's so many kind of parallels there with jaws too you know that we have that kind of quint character in lost world too but also in that opening scene i, I kept i've seen so many horror movies and i always say this but i, I have a really hard time watching the opening of jaws because i find it so traumatic so uh, that's interesting too you know mm. we get this unseen kind of predator attacking this person and and killing them too. I mean, it's still pretty scary in Jurassic Park because, you know, we see the, the worker fall off the crate and he gets kind of pulled up the... Uh, and we get that with the opening of Jaws too where the poor... Christy's kind of pulled through the water. That's a terrifying scheme. But yeah, did you guys notice any other so- kind of... Jaws I have parallels? a question
2: about this particular scene. Jaws parallels. Before we go into that, yeah, I, I think I think there 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 are plenty. I think the the choice to to hold back in in showing the dinosaurs until mm. I mean more or less the midway point is certainly influenced by his experiences with Jaws and and the uh, the Bruce model that. Uh, that didn't quite
0: work <laughs> yeah absolutely what did you think Quinn did you think did you did you it kind of remind you of Jaws to the opening scene of Jurassic Park with the kind of where the worker gets attacked
1: oh yeah I mean definitely there's Spielberg does a great job of doing that too because he brings he brings the fear in almost the unprecedented right like you you don't really know how serious the yeah. shark is in Jaws for example and you're not really how understanding is, yeah. how serious yeah and especially with Jurassic Park you know you have that sort of like sort of like enchantment like you know they're going around and oh my god this park is amazing and it's almost like a zoo and they're like oh this is isn't this great and all of a sudden it just like the hell of it all it just comes to yeah. kind of
0: like, and you, it just you, shows you like the goat, how, the goat leg on the on the window of the car, <laughs> like it, it shows how se-
1: how serious and how scary these dinosaurs can be. So I definitely think he um, he bit from himself, that's for sure. When it comes to uh, <laughs> Jaws and uh, and that sort of uh, yeah, well, it's it's just a beautiful you know, opening scene. That, and that, so that sort of like,
0: type of- for like creating suspense because you have the close up of Muldoon like shoot her, and then you get like that kind of you know they see the fingers kind of slipping away, and then you get the fade the fade to the um I think it's Gennaro- coming to like the uh, the island for the first time too. And yeah, such a cool, such a cool opening. Um, so it was filmed in California and Hawaii in 1992. Supervisor was actually in Poland. He was filming uh, Schindler's List, which came out that year, I think as well. And there was a hurricane over Hawaii during filming too. So the film actually includes um, actual footage of hurricane weather. So that's an actual <coughs> hurricane we're seeing there too. The scene with the the kitchen and the, uh, the kids and the raptors that was shot in California. Samuel L. Jackson was uh, actually supposed to have this extended death scene too. So he dies in the book as well too. Very gory in the book, I think dennis nedry when he dies he's like looking at his own intestines just so they obviously tone that down for the the film but uh, samuel and joe jackson they made the the set for his death and everything too but the hurricane destroyed his set so that's why they had that scene where where um ellie sadler just finds his arm in the uh in the power station i think too and the national film congress actually decided to uh, preserve this film in 2018 too so very kind of uh, uh historically or culturally uh Important too, and fun fact: William Hurt, Harrison Ford were offered the role of Alan Grant, but it went to Sam Neill uh, at the last minute. I think looking back, I think they were kind of concerned about uh, Harrison Ford taking on another kind of uh, paleontology role of you know coming out of Indiana Jones too. But yeah, that would have been kind of interesting to see though. You know, Harrison Ford as as because uh, I can they their faces kind of have the same kind of expression sometimes. What do you guys think?
1: Oh yeah, man, I I, I would be all for that. I mean, I'm <laughs> a big Ford fan, and obviously he's, he's we've kind of seen... gr- he's
0: kind of grumpy and not very good with kids too, and it's like perfect for that role
1: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly well especially at the start right but yeah no i i happen to be a big harrison ford fan i think like the indiana jones movies are amazing blade runner is one of my favorite movies of all time since indiana jones was before this we've we've obviously seen spielberg and uh harrison ford work together so you know what i i think it would have actually been a good cast but you know then again it's the the cast is great here jeff goldblum cracks me up in this movie like pretty much (laughs) (laughs) big big laura dern fan as well so yeah she's i think they nailed it with the casting here overall but then again it would have been kind of cool to see even a screen test with harrison ford
0: (laughs) what'd you think yeah yeah
2: i i think um this feels like the era of Spielberg, where he started moving away from casting A-list actors for everything, and I, I think it, it, like as as much as I know that Harrison Ford could have pulled off that role, like yeah, uh, without uh, without problems. I I I love that this was my introduction to Samuel. Um, yeah, and and I think it's a good you know, starting point. Again, yeah. the, the cast is. Absolutely stacked It's everyone is is delivering just excellent performances. Yeah, like Jeff Goldblum is like is so interesting in this role. Uh he adds like so much kind of strange charisma to a character that I think in the novel felt a little bit too Michael Crichton Mary Sue.
0: Yeah. Um, Because I mean they I mean the book he dies to and then they bring him back uh for the lost (laughs) world and then this like kept him alive in this movie. And he doesn't really do much in the second half, but he's kind of just there with his shirt open. And I'm like, well, that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and he's, you know, he's kind of, he's I still was, he got, he's Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, that's a
0: beauty. It, Quinn's got the VHS copy of uh, Park. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. And then they also had Gwyneth Paltrow and Helen Hunt audition for the role of Ellie Saller went to Laura Dern, but Laura, Laura Dern, fantastic actress. I think this would have been after Wild at Heart and she was in a whole bunch of other things too. And they also, mm. he also tracked down uh, Wayne Knight for Dennis Nedry after seeing him in Basic Instinct. So that just come out the Paul Verhoeven film. Critics at the time liked it, but they also compared it unfavorably to John there are some comparisons and we we talked about that a little bit already too huge franchise too is it scientifically plausible so um i did do some (laughs) research on this too yes and no it's difficult to get all the building blocks necessary with ancient dna so getting the mosquito and amber one of the issues would be that the uh, mosquito dna would be too old so dna decays over time there's also the issue with animal ethics too when it comes to cloning so frogs filling the dna genome sequence and using uh emo emu emu ostrich eggs for the embryos too yeah what did you guys think of the the science of it too like i mean obviously the the screen the screenplay is much different than the book but it's kind of been toned down i guess what do you think quinn
1: yeah it's so cool like i don't know a lot about Dinosaurs, really, in retrospect, but like mm-hmm. it, everything seems legit in this movie, and it seems so believable. And like you said, like the the giant eggs and just everything, and you have like the workers that are kind of like working around the cage where like the velociraptors are and whatever. And it, it's just it's super believable how how they portray it, and like the research center and you know the little computer lab and everything like that. It's just yeah, so and, and they ha- they have that little believable. video that
0: kind of like. Ha- abbreviates all the signs for you too which is kind of cool you know like that's rather than- right <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah oh it's super believable and it's like yeah it's it just reminds me of like some place where like school would take you for a field trip yeah i'd be up, like, i'd be
0: up for that field trip um, <laughs> sign me
1: up at least during the day anyway yeah um <laughs> <laughs> without dennis <Janice> uh, <laughs> no I, I i think they nail it here just with everything and like i said before i think john hammond really brings sort of that that aspect where you're like okay like don't don't fuck with that guy like believe what he says you know trust that guy because he knows like he he knows what he's talking about and doing and you believe in the research that he's done and, and the people at jurassic park have done so it's just super uh it's super authentic looking and i i think i think steven spielberg just he 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 knocked it out of the park here and i and like i said before i think that if jurassic park came out today they wouldn't have to change much like mm-hmm. i think it would just hold up like i'm not a fan of the newer ones like i think the newer ones are horrible but, yeah me too <laughs> um that yeah, poor nanny like the- who
0: gets like overkill by the most What is it she like falls from a pterodactyl and gets eaten by the most i like, like yeah, poor nanny <laughs>
1: they're hard to watch but yeah um, obviously the og and uh lost world as well i i liked both of those but yeah, me all too. the other ones i'm not crazy about uh, but... yeah
0: i think i think the only good scene in the Jurassic park three was that talking velociraptor i have to say like that's i just watched that clip and the rest i like i can't be asked you know really like, and yeah yeah and I, I do like bryce dallas howard though I, I will say like i think she's the incredible director and actress what did you think of the science of the film grant did you like obviously it's quite um, different than the book yeah
2: story. i mean again i i'm i'm no uh machine sequencer Paleontologist, so I can't really attest either, yeah. <laughs> to it. <that. laughs> um, but I, I think it's 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 so uh, well presented here. I, I think that uh, one of the things that this film really does a good job of is selling the idea of like this is a zoo and a theme park. And I, I'm sure by this point, Spielberg, you know, Spielberg the brand had had been kind of close enough to you know the the workings of one of the Disneyland rides to kind of know the you know the feel of one of these kind of big. Spectacle productions uh, and and it. And it- I think it shows, you know, like all the little details, you know, like the, the, the cars on the track. I, I still think that Mr. DNA, like that whole bit is w- probably one of my favorite info dumps ever, ever to be <laughs> on screen. Cause it just, it, it it's, it's like, it, and you get to see like these scientists, you know, intercut just reacting like, to it. Yeah. It's like,
0: I want to see the, yeah, it, I it see really the yeah. 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 And then,
2: and then they like break out of the ride and like, I mean, I guess that's kind of <laughs> A, a bit uh, a metaphor for the the whole film in the sense that okay all right well this is this guided experience that this billionaire is trying to like give everyone but like no we just we just want to run around sorry no more gates um uh but uh yeah yeah i, I just uh I, I i really love the details and and uh, again this is something that uh Crichton really did well in the novel in the sense that I, I mean one of the details that i caught on this this viewing was that uh there's a there's a line in the the DNA bit about like thinking machine supercomputers and I always <laughs> thought it was like oh yeah no that's like a goofy little colloquial phrase for like you know how this like DNA like this southwestern DNA strand uh, you know would would uh, talk about like uh, like a computer mainframe but it's that's an actual uh, supercomputer that uh, I guess Crichton figured they would have had to use in Jurassic Park. And what's really interesting is that supercomputer is all over the set. All, all the shots uh, of like uh, Wayne Knight and Samuel Jackson's desks, like r- directly behind them are these like big supercomputer setups. And what's really interesting is there. this particular model did this really interesting thing with, we it like had like kids. a, like a bit of a dot matrix display that would show it like the computer thinking or whatever. And it's, it's such a beautiful kind of graphic element that, that is just part of so many compositions in the background. And it, it's really dynamic and beautiful. And it, it just becomes this this kind of uh, wonderful part of the set itself. And again, believability for i don't know wh- whatever weirdo knows enough about computer mainframes to notice yeah so that's... yeah it's stuff like that that it just s- still stuns me that the you know like a- again a lot of contemporary films will spend a bunch of money making like a bunch of sci-fi guis and like uh, well, i guess this is another one of spielberg's sins in another movie but the you know the the the, the displays from uh, minority report that like tom cruise like swings yeah. are like they're kind of goofy and sci-fi but like every everything in this film feels grounded there isn't a detail at a place um even like the
0: the gift shop you know <laughs> like, yeah i well one thing one thing that really stood out to me too and it was kind of fun to watch again too is that scene where um um <laughs> ian malcolm jeff goldblum's character explains chaos theory and when he he's with ellie Sadler, and he's just being awkward and like kind of trying to seduce her and he's like well look at the way the water runs and chaos theory is looking at kind of alterations in the environment too and it's kind of funny because actually that's a really good analogy for explaining chaos theory with the water droplet but he's just so awkward and so like so like trying to be seductive there it's just really funny to watch again too I'm like poor Ellie like she just doesn't know what's going on here it's
2: great because like over the course of that scene she she's like okay this is going a little too far and she's just like (laughs) Alan
0: Alan and he
2: just takes off out of the car and it's just like (laughs) he's he's just so awkward
0: yeah guys he's so awkward as a main character too isn't it funny like Alan Grant as a as a paleontologist too he just he's so awkward you know but it's great he's like I don't know he's I think I think
2: that's the thing like uh, I I think this is probably one of the reasons that Harrison Ford would work really well in this role is he has a bit of that surliness um that I think is kind of it it really works for this character you kind of see him warm up over the course of the film, and I I I, I really love that arc. Like, it, it, and then he gets his little action hero moment with the with the shotgun at the end, where he's like, "Mr. Hammond, the phones are working," and it, it's yeah, just that's right. like, that's it's right, so yeah. cool.
0: And this actually spiked a lot of interest in paleontology too. When the film came out, so a lot of people saw like Alan, poor starving Alan Grant, and Ellie Sadler, and wanted to be paleontologists, which is great too. So it really helped with paleontology as a, as an interest. Um, they also I think they had a paleontology class at Carlton too, and I went took the dinosaurs class, but then they realized it was all memorization. <laughs> too so that's kind of funny yeah one thing i want to bring up too uh, is the question i guess too um so obviously Den- dennis nedry kind of tampers with the park too irrevocably too as we see with the consequences too but i mean there's kind of foreshadowing beforehand too you know this safety issues the park from the opening scene too do you guys think the park could have continued if ne- dennis nedry hadn't fucked up things and left it <laughs> or do you think the, the park was doomed from the start
1: i mean i, I think it was doomed eventually if it mm-hmm. wasn't tampered with like I, I i don't think it was ever a good idea (laughs) if you're asking me that yeah um but then again i'm saying that after seeing the conclusion of the film yeah right so one of those things where i mean it seemed to be doing okay before things kind of went sour but i, I don't know uh, what about you graham
2: what do you oh think yeah that? no no there's no way this park would ever like actually <laughs> work and i think that like <laughs> I, I i certainly don't think michael Crichton thinks that this is like no no like, he's, I, he's i very just good. imagine he's, him he's wandering very around disneyland just yelling <laughs> doom you know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is not his first foray into doomed amusement park storytelling. So, I, I mean, he did Westworld sometime in the 70s i think so yeah you'll bring i think yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I don't think michael Crichton uh really really believes in uh in theme parks uh <laughs> yeah yeah he's very <laughs> cynical about it
0: yeah well it's interesting too we talked about meta narrative with the second film but with the first film too there's that scene where they're in the power station and john hammond's like open oh, disney world in 55 and then he was talking about and then in malcolm's going on about the the pirates of the caribbean <laughs> right and i thought that's kind of cool because that's that reference inner reference again to referencing itself mm-hmm. yeah i I, i'm a little bit dubious of it too i mean from the opening scene too where the poor worker gets munched too and then there's that no expenses uh, spared thing which we talk, talked about a bit already too and there's a kind of hints throughout that this is not i mean it's a beautiful idea but it's just not not maybe practical and not maybe now it, i
2: actually have a have an ongoing debate uh with our mutual friend mcgill foot yes. curtis yes uh, about uh that opening scene yeah um now Later during the, during the conversation that Nedry, and I, oh sorry, we're really deep in the weeds here, but uh, <laughs> in, in the conversation between Nedry and Hammond, Hammond has a line I don't blame people for their mistakes but I do ask for them to pay for them and I always read that as he's holding Nedry financially responsible for the the failure of the locking mechanism in that opening sequence which I mean again maybe I'm reading into this too deeply but the idea that like we're witnessing kind of the Jurassic Park's original sin um, (laughs) that like becomes the domino piece that like leads to everything kind of toppling down is kind of I, I I guess a little bit more dramatically interesting but it, again I, I, this is uh, McGill actually had the opportunity to go to a and a uh, with uh, uh, David Kopp who was one of the screenwriters and was really hoping to, to uh, get this question this long-standing argument between us settled but um, unfortunately <laughs> still I don't ongoing, think there was yeah. enough time for his question
0: <laughs> oh that's too bad yeah but uh, uh, yeah. yeah what
2: do you what do you think about my my, my gonzo theory of the opening scene
1: yeah I mean I, I'm, I'm wow uh, I never thought of it that way at all (laughs) and i think that's actually a really good point now like i'm gonna watch the film while on vhs today i'm gonna throw it on but uh nice yeah man that's i don't know you you picked my brain man
0: uh (laughs) yeah i'm I'm, uh, gonna i'm gonna think about i'm gonna think about that one myself you know but i I like the Yeah. the yeah if you if you guys do hear an answer about it too I'd be kind of keen to hear it we'd love to have go on for maybe sometime too maybe Lost World or something later down the road John had left some comments too I'll just read them out quick I think we went through some of them already too uh, thanks for your comments John uh, John John is saving the world today so he can't be here sadly to me the legacy of Jurassic Park is its special effects work for its time it was a remarkable blend of cutting edge CGI with practical prop and SFX work famously they considered stop motion for the dinosaur effects to so kind of the Harryhausen effect uh, which looks sometimes janky uh, footage on the special features and on YouTube, but it's probably some of the best stop motion work ever done. Fun facts, uh Spielberg had challenged two groups of the SFX team—one on CGI, one on stop motion—to propose their plan. Spielberg was won over by CGI and told the stop motion lead, "Looks like you're out of a job." To which he replied, "Do you mean extinct?" Which was added to the script for its time. It was amazing, but it, even now it looks great. After watching uh, east e- *Witches of Eastwick* back in October, which towards the end has a scene where uh, Jack Nicholson turns into this demonic monster, I, uh, John was struck by how great it looked for 80s, late 80s, and animation. I had a hard time thinking of similar films from this period that still hold up. Jurassic Park is one of these films and is possibly the best of them. As far as uh, adaptations go, Jurassic Park does stray a little bit from its source material, but it's still a good, solid work. I'm not the biggest fan of the kids in this film, but they were a good audience surrogate while I was younger. And I think Dora, Dern and Neil have good chem- chemistry with them. On that note, an incredible cast, Rich and Sam Neill, Laura Dern, probably her most iconic role and an influential for women in STEM. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, his, capital letters, <laughs> his most iconic role. I even love the supporting cast, Samuel Jackson, uh, B.D. Wong, uh, who's also in the uh, Jurassic World films as Henry Wu. Martin Ferrero as Donald the Lawyer, Bob Peck, shoot her. And of course, uh, Wayne Knight as Dennis Nedry. Dodgson, we got Dodgson here. That's interesting too. We didn't really talk about the kids so much. The kids were kind of played by these un, uh, fairly unknown uh, actors. And I don't think the kids had any really roles after Jurassic Park. What did you think? think of the kids in the film did you like them or did you find them annoying or
1: i, I thought they were okay i mean i, yeah. I understand where john's coming from though. like they are a little bit like annoying, <laughs> especially
0: yeah
1: i i think the little boy is, is a little bit obnoxious but um i thought the like the the young the young girl and it. I, I thought she was okay you know as the film progresses she seems to get better but the one thing that i do i will say like especially that famous kitchen scene their fear is totally believable like you can yes. tell that they're they're uh they're petrified but i think overall they're, they're they're okay but yeah i definitely understand where john's coming from
0: yeah but the, the thing with the jello there too like with the, the jello in the spoon you yeah. see her eyes widen. too yeah, yeah I, I identify with tim more maybe because I was just like a little, di- I'm still a dinosaur nerd, so maybe I just identify with that more. Um, I did like Lex too, but I did find like, I mean, she's a kid and she's in this traumatic situation too. I mean, the scene with the flashlight kind of pissed me off. It's like he told you five times to turn off the damn flashlight, turn it off, you know. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I did like the kids, and they were actually like much better than you know other kind of annoying film kids. You know, <laughs> what did you think, Grant? Oh uh, yeah, I,
2: I mean, I, I again, there's a lot going on in the film, so I, I don't think that they really have the the spotlight really in in, in too many moments, but I, I was, I, yeah, I was, I was, when I was a kid, I always identified with him and like, there are kind of like details, maybe not in the performance, but certainly in the lines that I always liked. Like yeah. uh, um, when he first meets uh, Alan Grant, he starts Kind of uh, talking about how is how he feels about you know like Grant's book and uh, the um, and I think like another paleontologist Burke or whatever. Yeah. And Grant has no, wants nothing to do with him and like slams <laughs> the door of the car. And like the the line that the kid the last line that the the kid has like I think it's it's something about this other paleontologist. He like picks up exactly that line like 20 minutes later when they're like walking uh, they're walking out to like visit the Triceratops and i i just like that's such a wonderful like that's exactly how it hit. yeah no just yeah, like that, that continuity yeah <laughs> he picks up exactly on the line that you know like it's been like replaying in his head he gets to meet this paleontologist that he admires and he
0: wants to uh you know talk to him about this yeah there's actually uh, really really deep topic meaningful. that he's obsessed they're very, with they're very deep meaningful discussions that he has in mind i mean i would love a kid to come up and ask me about my book you know <laughs> but like i mean it's kind of funny because yeah 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 like it's uh,
2: it's it's kind of adorable and charming and all that, like a wonderful little detail i mean they're certainly annoying and they're supposed to be i think in those early yeah. scenes but and there's I, that, I, that, I think that there's like a lot of
0: and there's that kind of Velociraptor kid from the beginning that the brat you know and it, I love that scene too where he's like <laughs> he's like you get it here and here and <laughs> just kind of uh, puts the kid in this place <laughs> but uh, yeah so Grant had or sorry um, John had a couple other extra comments here I'll just read them out quickly like a lot of Spielberg work it contains a great blend of heart and whimsy but also genuine scares intense moments it still works well as a horror and it's one it's one of his best films I still get chills at the welcome to Jurassic Park scene me too that my tears start welling at the scene the script is solid and capitalized insanely quotable as a kid of the eight the uh, 90s 2000s, I was a massive Jurassic Park fan. I was too young to see this film in its original run in theaters. If you get a chance to watch it in Mayfair John, I recommend it. Um, but I grew up with the toys in the, the Super Nintendo video game. The first person bits always scared me. I was old enough, however, to remember the recent Lost World. Something has arrived. Yeah. And especially Jurassic Park 3, both of which I saw in theaters and were some of my favorite uh, films as a kid. I got a huge T-Rex toy for Christmas from Jurassic Park 3. and I still have it, my parent, Oh, man, I wish he was here today so we could see this giant T-Rex. Uh, I haven't seen the Jurassic <laughs> World sequels, but when uh, Jurassic Park was re- re-released in 3D for its 20th anniversary. I went to see it with my two buddies, Tom and Tom. We hot boxed our buddies' car beforehand and had an incredible experience. I bet uh, <laughs> <laughs> during the Jurassic Park, Welcome to Jurassic Park scene, I thought my heart was going to explode. <laughs> Thanks, that's great. What did you guys think of that oh, Welcome to Jurassic Park scene? Because that's one of the like, iconic moments. But what do you think? Yeah,
1: man, like, like like I said before, it goes back to Spielberg and his his way of like bringing that magic to screen and and magic and to Williams viewers too, and, yeah. yeah, John Williams, yeah, it's just phenomenal i agree with with what john has said in his notes here yeah just uh just a, a pivotal scene really really brings the viewer in and sort of welcome welcomes everyone to the park right so it's no, it's good.
0: Imagine getting stoned and watching that scene in you know that terrible Jurassic Park three where the the Velociraptor talks. That'd be kind of fun, actually. What that did you What did you think of the Welcome to Jurassic Park scene, Grant?
2: Oh, I mean, it's an absolute classic. I mm. uh, yeah. I uh, again, I I have a hard time having any sort of objective relationship with this material. I think it just it, it entered my soul too early. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I love love that. It's uh, yeah, it's it's really it,
0: it's so beautiful too, and then it's the music and everything too and it just you know makes you it makes you feel like you're right there with them experiencing that dress park maybe for a lot of people that's you know why they they really appreciate the film too yeah so that, I think I've got through most of our notes did did you guys have anything you want to talk about with the film in particular well I think we covered a lot of grounds so, I mean, and weeds and and flowers and all kinds of good things <laughs> we like weeds <laughs> all right so I think we'll we'll get to the ratings too so we do usually at a five too so uh Quinn why don't you go first what did you give this film
1: it's such a great film such a great part of my childhood I I think I don't think it's a perfect film I mean at the time mind-blowing definitely game-changing must be seen by I think everyone kids adults everyone um I gave it a four out of five but you know it, it could easily be a five it is it is it's a great film it, it has all the aspects I love Wayne Knight just looking at the guy cracks me up Samuel Jackson obviously great Sam Elliott uh big Laura Dern fan like I said before
2: but it, yeah overall I gave it a four out of five what uh, what'd you give it Grant? Oh I, I like I said I have a hard time being objective about of- this film i'll give it uh five dilophosaurus action figures <laughs>
0: out of five and fun fun, fun fun fact so grant does a lot of uh graphic design and stuff and he had that wonderful because we hated when jurassic world came out because it was shit so he has he's a 10 year old friend who did this beautiful thing called drastic jurassic park four i think it was and jurassic then, park
2: four according right. to a, uh, an eight-year-old
0: yeah um, and an eight-year-old yeah. too it was like it was like a dr arnold had this like bionic arm and he's like hold on to your butts and it was actually a lot better than the jurassic world movie so uh, yeah uh, thank you yeah <laughs> the premise,
2: uh, the premise was cooked up by uh, by a, a a friend of a friend, but. Uh... The idea is that uh, Samuel Jackson's character survives his uh, fight with the Velociraptor that <laughs> that goes unseen, and he uh, he uses the uh, the egg catching arm as a, a bionic arm, and then uh, kidnaps the original cast that survived and uh, forces them to uh, do like a bit of a battle royale and then dinosaur. But <laughs> it
0: was fun. A to fun watch. little project. To I had a lot more fun with that than any of the Jurassic, part, Jurassic World or any of the sequels. <laughs> so yeah, well done to the little guy for coming up with that idea. So uh, John gave it a five out of yeah. five piece, <laughs> pl- masterpiece per john as well i give it four and a half out of five i was um it was pretty close to the five mark i think it was just because um i i think I, I preferred the book better and the kind of original michael Crichton script but i think you know D- david co did a lot of great stuff with the script too and it's just so magical to watch it again and like grant and i said there's always something to enjoy coming back to the film so i think it is a great film and i love i love dinosaurs. so this is kind of like a, a dinosaur lover's dream come true and i i think i you know after watching it again i i do want to get another kind of t-rex replica skull i don't give a shit what anyone says i i like i like dinosaurs so yeah so it's it's great so like it's a combined total i did in malcolm style and four point six two five out of five so 4.7 to five so pretty pretty close i would say to to masterpiece so yeah we have a few minutes left too so what did we watch this week why don't we start off with you quinn
1: yeah um i know you and i watched one of the same, same things we we both watched the harry potter reunion yeah um
0: yeah
1: they did a 20th anniversary return to hogwarts and i won't go into detail too much detail but yeah no just like the cast comes back uh as themselves not as their characters and they're just talking about their experiences that they had while filming the Harry Potter movies, and it is hard to believe that it's been 20 years since the first one I'm ever seeing in theaters, like it was yesterday. Classic movie is very, very cool, and quite emotional in, in many ways, but yeah, check out the Harry Potter reunion if you haven't. Uh, another movie I've watched this year, or this week, rather, is uh, a movie I think will do well at the Oscars this coming year. It's called Come On, Come On, starring Joaquin That's a- the A24 one, it's, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, A24, yeah. It's basically just, um, just about his sister is a little tied up and asks him to look after her son so his nephew and him and his nephew just kind of he's a journalist and he has to go kind of across the states and interview people and stuff like that so he ends up bringing his nephew along for the ride and they have sort of a love-hate relationship but the acting is phenomenal very interesting story very cool uh shot in black and white too so it's it's got a lot of great cinematography a lot of great shots so check out, come on, come on. Uh, the next movie I watched was Don't Look Up on Netflix, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Duna Hill, Meryl Streep. I hated it. I <laughs> thought it was shit. Yeah, I heard it was really bad. <laughs> My yeah, brother's I like, don't watch this it, one. <laughs> it has, a, yeah, it has mixed reviews. Some people like it, some people don't. I, I hated it. Did you um, find it
0: was quite shallow too? Like just the, the film no, itself. I was just, like,
1: it was way too long, and like I, I hate when they bring social media into movies. I think it's like so like fake and bullshit, and <laughs> like there's like there's like literally like it's showing like literally people doing tiktoks in the in the movie and you're like what garbage like it just turns out to be like uh too modern i think and too like it's just like sugar-coated and like all mm-hmm. the entire cast like tries too hard for everything they're way they're trying way too hard for it to be funny and it's just not and it's just like i don't know a garbage piece of film yeah it if feels artificial me, yeah very artificial very like just sugar like it's just uh oh, i i did not like it at
0: all i was like um, I, I was putting on my my you know cross fingers when i saw that netflix scene <laughs> And I was like, stay away, Netflix, Sheen, You
1: know, like... <laughs> no, it's unfortunate because I love, I love everyone in the cast, but like, man, I, I, they they should ball this up and throw it in the garbage. But another movie I watched, I finally watched a movie called Old Boy, which is a oh, great the original, film. Old one.
0: yeah, that's a great film. Yeah, made in
1: 2003, and basically it's just about uh, a gentleman who is uh, sort of held ca- like prisoner in uh, in this sort of like weird, odd facility. It's not like your standard yeah. jail. That, that, film, he goes, that, that film goes that film goes from one
0: to ten really quick, doesn't it? <laughs> (laughs)
1: it does yeah I won't I won't go into too detail too many details I won't spoil it but like uh one thing leads to another and and he ends up he ends up getting out and he basically tries to seek revenge on the people that held him captive and and uh there's so many layers to it beautiful movie I I loved it it's actually one of my new favorite films I I I saw it Mm. at my friend's house he showed it to me and
0: I think Spike Lee remade it too but I'm just like I I just I love Spike Lee but I was like I just I don't want to watch it because I I just have such good memories with the original too and I think Grant you were like oh Boy yeah. Too. Oh, oh yeah old oh, boy's great
2: were you were you uh were you spoiled quinn on the uh no oh, sorry. It's, uh, it's
1: funny because i i was gonna look into a little bit more of the plot and my buddy's like don't just go in like, <laughs> don't
0: anything and yeah.
1: I, I listened to him and I'm glad i did like it yeah ended the, up being
0: the, the octopus scene too we won't true. say that spoil that but it's been like holy shit yeah
1: man I was, <laughs> yeah a lot of uh, a lot of wtf moments but for good reasons <laughs> it's it, super super cool movie but uh yeah i loved old boy man i love korean yeah. cinema and i'm getting more into it but uh what about you grant what'd you watch bud
2: um oh yeah uh, so actually i got a I got a little point about uh, uh old boy to drop or a little little uh, antidote it's weird that films like references to it work into like like an odd mix of media i was playing the most recent luigi's mansion like last week <laughs> and there's a sequence uh that is like very deliberately like a hat tip to the the hallway fight in that film and really it, it's so bizarre it's just it goes on forever and like that like like because it, essentially it's it's already kind of a side scroller video game so you already have the shot composition but the way yeah. that the uh the fight is set up is is like just feels like such an intentional uh reference to that sequence and oh, man, uh, i was <laughs> laughing out loud at that scene it's so
1: funny how they just like keep coming at him and then like oh dude i love that scene we won't we won't spoil it for our, our listeners but check out old boy man it's awesome yeah a, a great one
2: but this uh this week uh i saw three films or uh two films and a television series actually um one of the first things that i watched was uh Benedetta, which is uh, uh paul verhoeven's uh trying return to cinema <laughs> i was a little bit mixed on it but it does yeah. uh it does um do some really interesting things there's a kind, of, um, kind
0: of showgirls in that too would like the whole kind of yeah, weird definitely. <laughs> um, Yeah, definitely. But- <laughs>
2: I think what really piqued my curiosity about this film uh, was uh, a review uh, that a friend of mine gave me uh, that sort of said it was a portrait of a lady on fire meets the devils, and I really, really love both of those movies. I'm not love the entirely devils, sure yeah. if it meets that comparison, um, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a great little film in its own right, and uh, I, I, Charlotte Rampling's character is
0: so interesting. Oh, it's so nice the to the see film. her in a in a Paul Verhoeven film, I think too, and it's nice to see. Uh... He, yeah it's like to see like Freud, Freud Freud would love Paul Verhoeven's film and it's nice to see Paul Verhoeven go wild again you know just like because I I feel he hasn't done that in a while and I just like like to get it, see him get it out of his system a little bit sometimes exactly yeah yeah
2: it's interesting because I think that, that this material feels you know very close to his heart in a lot of ways like I'm fairly certain that he just spent the better part of 10 years researching the historical Jesus yeah, um, <laughs> yeah he wrote so a book on historical
0: Jesus too I think didn't he? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's right
2: um <laughs> So uh, it's it's interesting to see him tackle this material with uh you know like a, a like quite a bit of obvious passion. I'm not sure if it if, if it lands everything, but there are some great performances. There are some really interesting characters. There are a couple of gonzo sequences that I uh, that I really enjoyed as well. But uh, watching this film, I, it kind of made me. Uh, want to rewatch Ken Russell's *The Devils* uh, oh, from like the seventies? Yeah. the um, read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got to check that out. I haven't seen it's, it. Yet. It's really it's great.
0: List. It's Ken Russell's best film, I think. Quinn, I think you'll love it. It's it's wild. It's wild. It's beautifully shot. Unhinged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. off it's off the chain. Like it's it's everything <laughs> you want a nun, it's everything you want a non exploitation film to be. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I had a, I had a very
2: non exploitation week. I guess it, it, I think it, it's another one of those films that I've. I, i've loved for a long time and think i hadn't seen it in about seven years so have, have was, you seen, really have, you cool seen have you seen going back
0: have you seen gothic Grant, the gothic film that he did that's fun too with like where where uh shelley's um, and, and uh Polidori meet yeah the the
2: famous the famous uh lake cuomo evening that invented horror writing <laughs> um yeah no i I, uh, I i've seen that one i didn't i didn't love it nearly as much as the devils so yeah going back to the film uh there's there's a lot to appreciate. Uh, what stood out in, in in this rewatch was really uh, Derek Jarman's uh, art direction and uh, sets that still look stunning and unbelievable to this day. It feels very much a film from the early 70s in the sense that uh, there's, all- the aesthetic, <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of, uh, well, not just the aesthetic, but you know some of its politics are a little bit yeah uh, muddy muddy. (laughs) uh, a little bit dated which which is a bit of a shame but it's it's certainly uh the most exciting film throwing uh, throwing um, Catholicism under the train sliding (laughs) of yeah or the sliding (laughs) of uh uh, municipal uh, architecture ever made so I yeah uh, I I have some reservations after this viewing but I think it still holds together really really wonderfully uh it's so it's so angry and pointed and there's there's a directness to it uh, that I really appreciate uh, despite all of its like you know gonzo exploitation uh, scenery and Vanessa Redgrave is just doing something in this movie (laughs) like it's it's really wild. I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone yeah. who hasn't had, you know, had a chance. You uh,
0: know those like witch hunter guys, there's that one guy who looks like an alien. He's like, mother I will go this. And I'm like, this guy is not a human being. He's an alien.
2: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, like it's, it's interesting to, to like, uh, to look at that character because uh, like eventually I believe his character becomes the, the leader of that, uh, that particular community at the end of the film. And uh, yeah, but yeah, that, that performance is just everybody in this film is unhinged. Like it's, it's it's, it's,
0: it's that's been, just some hot acid in the soup today. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. Again, it, it feels like a film from the early 70s. Um well it's fun because um, I was yeah, I was, highly recommended.
0: I was talking to a friend about Al Topo too, just those acid westerns, and there's there was a lot of weird stuff in the 70s, man. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Before before George to... and, and Steve cleaned it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You have another film on there too, a dark place. Uh yeah, yeah. It's actually it's a television series. Okay. Um
2: uh, it's basically catching up on something that I, that I feel like was a little bit of a, a blind spot, but um, this was uh, a, Richard accolade and uh, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting who else was involved, but uh, Matt Berry plays a, a very, uh, a very prominent role in it. And it's a, it's kind of like a, a mockumentary of like DVD commentaries, but also bad eighties, uh, 80s, uh tv soaps that is kind of wrapped in in like a like a big parody of a steven spielberg or sorry not um a steven king-esque like 80s horror writer and it's just hilariously written in a really good time and like very breezy and if you like richard accolade or uh matt berry's performances and things like what we do in the shadows or uh, oddly enough, the Mandalorian. Oh no, sorry, <laughs> the, the Boba Fett series, or whatever. Oh really?
0: <laughs> he plays a
2: bit part in that. This is uh, this is really worth a watch. It's it's a lot of fun. It's just breezy and hilarious, and um, I I really I really enjoyed filling this uh this uh, little gap in my uh in my matt berry knowledge so <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds great yeah i love watching those kind of like 90s kind of 80s films and i was re-watching um ghost watch which is kind of a fun tv movie and um that's british it came on the bbc and they actually presented it as like a mockumentary but then uh it, it, it they actually use real anchorman and stuff so you actually think it's you know a news report and then as the film goes on you're like holy shit this is actually and people got scared because they thought it was like the real like actual poltergeists and hauntings and stuff it's pretty cool um, Uh, I watched a couple films this week. So I watched, just run through them. So I watched the the Harry Potter reunion too. I enjoyed that. That was kind of fun and simple. And it was nice to see all the, You know, I just liked for nostalgic reasons, and nice to see all the characters again too, and what 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 the kind of universal appeal of Harry Potter is, I think too. And even though J.K. Rowling said, you know, has kind of been a terrible person, I think you know there's just so much warmth in that series, and it just shows how inclusive and wonderful it is. I mean, I was worried about some of the cast members. I mean, Robbie Coltrane doesn't look so good, and he he was talking about like you know I won't be around in 50 years, and I was like, oh man, like I hope be around in like five years, you know. But uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it was great to to see that, so I really enjoyed that. Was on HBO and. I also watched, um, it was one that John recommended. It was really weird <laughs> movie on Shudder. It was called uh, Kane's Cold Père Noël, Deadly Games. So it's kind of like this film that nobody heard of and it came out and uh, it said that Home Alone ripped it off, which, you know, there's actually a lot of parallels between the two, but I, I, I know John liked this one a lot. I, I didn't I didn't like it very much. It's about this kid and he's like, he kind of has this, rant. he's like kind of survivalist and Ram- <laughs> Rambo-like in the film. And uh, there's this kind of homeless man who uh, goes, goes postal and he basically impersonates Santa Claus cause and tries to home invade the home because he wants to hang out with the kid or something and the kid's living with his dog and his, his, his I don't know where the hell the mother is uh, but he lives with his grandfather and he kind of like goes full survivalist and tries to like stop the guy from getting into I don't know like I had mixed feelings about this one it was just kind of a little bit dated but I mean you know if you have a few beers I think it's kind of fun to watch it's it's no home alone I don't think but you know there's no he's no Macaulay Macaulay Culkin you know but it's but it, it was it, it was entertaining you know I'll give it that Um, I also watched New Jack City I'd never heard of this movie and grant we always talk about how these these crime films they always have this Scarface trajectory or this Macbeth <laughs> story arc and it's so true I mean this film you just have this rise of this crack cocaine empire and then you have a downfall but I mean it, it's so entertaining you have like Wesley Snipes plays this like crack dealer It came out in the early 90s and you have this is Ice-T's like big film so you have Ice-T playing this undercover cop you know and he's basically like the character he plays in law and everything in like law and order it's it's just so entertaining you have um young chris rock playing this crack addict uh you have uh what's that guy from uh breakfast club bender um you have him playing um this uh you know ice tea's wacko partner who makes all these off-the-wall comments and I, I just found it so entertaining I was so entertained Mario Van Peebles too who's a son of Melvin Van Peebles who's a famous kind of black exploitation director uh, directed this one too and it was it's actually uh, I mean it follows that Macbeth story arc but I mean it actually works well as an anti-drug film too because you see the full long-term inc- consequences of, of you know dealing crack cocaine you also see it on you know the racial division as well too so I think you know it's, it's interesting watching this after me too and seeing that too and we have the character of Chris Rock, too, and he plays Pookie and you know he's a, he's hooked on crack crack and we see the effects of it too and how it's changed his lifestyle and he comes to this like uh soup kitchen that wesley snipes his uh evil characters organizing too and you know he ends up getting this whole turkey full of food it's just such a it's a it's a very good early 90s film and a film i didn't know about until last week when i was on tubi so yeah it's on tubi if anyone wants to watch it i watched um the dark crystal so my mom and i watched this uh, sesame street uh, documentary last week which is really good and then my mom went to watch all the jim henson films and she hadn't seen uh, dark crystal in a while and she hadn't Seen labyrinth too so we watched labyrinth i love labyrinth i like it more than the dark crystal dark crystal was fun but i i find like this is controversial but i like the skeksis right. <laughs> the, the girls Gelf- yeah you got it on vhs too quinn uh but uh, yeah um I like the Skeksis more than the the, the Gelflings. I feel yeah. like Gelflings are a little bit dull, um, and the Mystics are just like kind of slow. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, it's amazing. Like Frank Oz does a lot of the voice work. Jim Henson does it. The the pup and the Muppets look amazing. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. The, the plot for this one, I like the prequel series. I think a little bit more. I think maybe there was maybe it works better as a as a TV series. We watched Labyrinth too. That was great to watch too. It's kind of like a little bit weird how like David Bowie's kind of going always going for like 16 year old Jennifer. Co- maybe that says something about rock star culture. That kind of latent pedophilia maybe. But I mean, it's a, it's a great film, Labyrinth. And I love, you know, Ludo and everything too. And Jennifer Connelly is a great actress too. I mean, she's coming out of, uh, I think she'd just done Phenomena and then she would go on to do The Rocketeer and do a whole bunch of 90s films and Jennifer Connelly in it too. And it's a great kind of adventure story. I think Terry Jones from Monty Python wrote the their initial script. So that, that was that was fun to watch. And Jim Henson, I think, is, is is fantastic. So that was fun to revisit. My mom hadn't seen it before. My mom really liked it too. And then I watched uh, Blood for Dracula, which was on Shudder too. So this is billed as Andy Warhol's Dracula, but I think he just put his name on it. I don't think he did anything with it. And it's by uh, directed by Paul Morrissey, who did another film called Flesh for Frankenstein, also with Udo Kier. So Udo Kier plays Dracula, which seems like a weird choice, but I mean, he's such a great performance actor too, and he's so. I mean, there's it's such a queer film actually because I think you know it's this this vamp this very tragic vampire, and he's suffering from you know he can't have he can only drink blood of virgins too, but he's very like he doesn't like really being around women, and he doesn't really like like drinking their blood and stuff too, and he's very reluctant to do this too, so he's very against this kind of heteronormative kind of vampire feeding too. Um, Joe D'Alessandro plays it, and man, he's he's so hot in this film. He's like it's like when you look at Elvis in the 50s, he just looks so good looking, you know, you can't look away, and he plays this. Uh, there's a little bit of class kind of commentary too uh, social class commentary joe joe d'alessandro's character plays um this kind of worker peasant who he wants to do this uh, he wants to he's waiting for the socialist revolution kind of thing paul morrissey was actually quite conservative which is weird because he's doing this like schlocky kind of vampire film too it's it's super cheesy it's not that great actually but i mean it, it's just kind of entertaining too and it's fun to see udo Kier play dracula i think he he's actually really fun as dracula and he has a vampire assistant too which is kind of fun but it's it yeah it's kind of a little bit dated too there's a couple like kind of rapey scenes too and with some of the virgin daughters and i really didn't think that was appropriate or obviously especially coming after me too and and stuff but anyway um yeah if you need if it's you know saturday night and you want to see udo cure playing dracula it's, i think it's a fun one to watch for that so that's everything i watched this week yeah i think next week quinn i think uh john will be back so john's on holiday this week but i think we're gonna do either john carpenter series i think we're doing the fog next or is it your movie ne- next week quinn i don't remember
1: yeah i guess we'll have to figure that out um i haven't decided what i'm gonna do for my canon so we'll, that's we'll, all right we'll yeah have... we can could,
0: we, we could, maybe we could do the fog next week too so yeah i think and i think uh, grant you were interested in coming on maybe was it they, they live that was the one you were interested in coming on for i think so we'll have you on for oh, one of the um, sure yeah yeah no, I, d- I i I think we My we'd, favorites we'd, too, Grant Yeah, we talked about uh, John Carpenter I think with you too, Grant But I, I can't remember Which film you were interested In coming on for But we'll we'll get you on it again At some point Maybe for Jurassic World Or something too um, Great, yeah the, This
2: was a lot of fun uh, Yeah uh, we're, Thanks we're, for giving we're, me The opportunity
0: To, yeah, we to love it, rave about real, One of my favorite man. movies
1: <laughs> Yeah, real, really uh, Really happy you came on, Grant That's awesome
0: Yeah, it's great to have you, man It's great to see you again Too, Quinn As always too uh, Nice to see you guys Before head happy. off too It's like joining my uh, my undergrad and my, my high school With two of my favorite people So it's really nice <laughs> uh, but yeah so we'll, we'll be on again next week with john with uh, the fog too so stay tuned and stay happy and have healthy and hold on to your butts because uh there's <laughs> more more to come have a great weekend everyone and we'll catch you next time
2: okay thanks guys and now at mcdonald's dinosaurs come to life on six jurassic Park collector cups get one free when you buy a large drink or dino size extra value meal but hurry before they're extinct
1: the most phenomenal discovery of our time becomes the greatest adventure of all time.